My name is Mitch Jackson, and today's guest is Seth Godin. We had three topics in today's short podcast. Number one, why worrying about something is not preparation. Number two, what getting your ducks in a row really means. And number three, why you need to start firing your customers. You, you also talk about worry. Worry is not preparation. And similar to being afraid, similar to dealing with fear, people many times have challenges with dealing with being worried about things. And uh, can you share with us maybe just a little bit about what you talked about concerning the issue of being worried in, in this new book that's coming out at the end well, of this month? Let's understand, Mitch, that if you're thinking of the world the way an industrialist does, you want it to be smooth and perfect and predictable. There's a lot to worry about. But I just hopefully made a little bit of the case that the industrial age is ending. And all of those things are bad things if you're an artist. If you're an artist, you don't want everything to be predictable and smooth and without error. So the stuff we used to worry about is stuff we actually need to look forward to. Um, and so turning it all upside down is way more important than sort of scrawling a few small notes into the margin. And then the third book, I just got this in the mail today, uh, it's called What You're Going to Do With That Duck. And if I had a flat head, it would stay. There we go. Um, there you go. And <laughs> I did publish, as Chris uh, alluded to, a 19-pound, 800-page book with a 50-page index. And I offered it to the people who supported my Kickstarter months ago. I have to confess, when someone asks me for one now, I'm less than charitable, because if they didn't believe and trusted me then, I certainly can't give them my limited edition book now. But the people who did get in early, they got it. But I knew people would want uh, a piece of it. It is uh, the best posts from my blog from the last seven years, plus a couple of extra ebooks as a bonus. So it's 625 pages. It only weighs two pounds, so it's a lot easier to carry than the 19-pound one. And it's called What You're Going to Do With That Duck, because the first post that I talk about is this one which is lots of people are spending a lot of time getting their ducks in a row, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But the real question is, now that you got a duck, what you're going to do with it? Because getting your ducks in a row and perfecting the world around you isn't nearly as important as having a plan for what to do with that duck. I've been teaching uh, internet marketing and social media marketing for a decade, and uh, many times I tell my students uh, to follow your advice, Seth, which is fire 70% of your customers and focus on the 30% good ones. And my question to you today is uh, whether technology has changed that equation for you. Do you think this still holds true, or, or can you more readily serve more customers today at a cost-effective way uh, that you would change that to some extent? Uh, or if you still hold true to that, how do you convince people to get rid of customers? Because many small businesses say, are you crazy? Am I going to stop selling? I need every customer I can get. Well, I think it depends on what you're selling. Um, you know, if you're selling something where you make it once and then you just duplicate it as many times as you can, clearly there's an, a huge incentive uh, to create volume and to create market share. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you if you have a TV series, you want everyone to watch it because your revenue is 100% related to your ratings. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case of most small businesses. 
most small businesses are wandering generalities. They try to appeal to every person in town, every person who walks by, every person uh, who they can touch, but they make nothing that people would cross town for. They make nothing that people care about. And if you're going to make it as a small business on the internet, when everybody else is a click away, mm-hmm. how can you possibly make something for everyone? Someone <laughs> bigger than you, more efficient than you, more cutthroat than you is going to make something for everyone. Mm-hmm. You have to make something for someone. And the minute a new customer shows up who isn't happy with, with being special, mm-hmm. you have to say, sorry, go to my competitor next door. Go to that other place that sells stuff for everyone. I make stuff for special people. Yeah. No, I think that uh, makes sense for small business, but sometimes for big businesses as well, when I speak to executives, uh, they believe it's difficult to get, get let go of customers as well, unless you show some really sophisticated accounting, perhaps, but uh, from a principal standpoint. When you were talking about big customers, there's several big, giant brokerage houses in Boston, mm-hmm. and one of them, I don't know if it was Fidelity or someone else, did the math and discovered mm-hmm. that 2% of their customers were accounting for 95% of their customer service expenses. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when they did the math, these customers weren't worth it. So mm-hmm. they called them up and they said, we think you could be better served by our competitor. Here's their phone number. We'd like yeah. you to transfer your account to them. Mm-hmm. And by moving all of those people over there mm-hmm. to the someone else who would take care of them to make a nickel, they mm-hmm. had plenty of resources <laughs> to take care of everyone. Yeah, no, certainly. I'll keep um, following that advice myself in my classes. So thank you. All right, that was fantastic. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please subscribe to and share the 10-minute podcast. I drop a new episode each week and Between now and the next episode, just make sure to always try to do your best to enjoy the journey and never stop making each day your masterpiece.